<laughs> um, my oh, my most dude, I forgot my to most make like my joke. I forgot to make my joke on the Star Wars episode. I wanted to be like they should really have called it R two D two Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Oh, Why wait. didn't you say that? Oh wait, no. I actually I still have the backup running. I'll throw that in front. <laughs> everyone, and welcome to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. We're operating with a skeleton crew of just myself and Doug today, uh, but it is a special episode that I'm super psyched about because we're going to be talking about The Force Awakens. Yeah, I kind of been putting this off for a while because I hadn't seen it, but I finally got around to seeing it the other day. I went by myself. I'm a loser, I know. But uh, the, cr- the audience, there was only like 20 people in the whole theater but uh, overall, I went in there, no expectations, didn't even really see a trailer. Like, I was just like, I really hope I walk out of here happy, and we'll get to how I, my reaction was. But overall, I was very impressed. Yeah, we shouldn't have to tell you this, but there are going to be just a ridiculous amount of spoilers in this episode. So Yes, so unless you've seen it, do not listen to this. I, I promise you, you'll regret listening to this if you haven't seen the movie by now. Um. So, fair warning, disclaimer, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens. But I mean, the one thing that hasn't been a spoiler is uh, Chewbacca was the main Sith Lord the whole time. I think everybody knew that going into the movie. <laughs> no, I thought it was Jar Jar Binks the whole time. I was waiting for him to show up, and I was like, actually, that's that's my full review. We can end this episode after I just say this. Uh, no Jar Jar Binks, zero out of ten. Uh, JJ fucked up. <laughs> I know, I can't believe how little Jar Jar there was in this movie. I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, zero. No, I'm kidding. Everyone knows that's a trolley thing. But there was, uh, on the internet, people had like this, Jar Jar is the most powerful Sith uh, conspiracy going, and I thought that was really hilarious. So, But we don't have to go into that. No, dear God, no. <laughs> but uh, let's start it off with what's going on. So I remember... Uh, we all know how those movies start off with like the text flying away from you. It was saying basically Luke Skywalker has been missing for a long time, basically to the point that he's become a myth. Uh, and all of a sudden the first order has arisen from the ashes of the empire and that there's still the rebellion trying to snuff that, snuff that out. Uh, I really don't remember what else it said. Do you? Um, so Luke Skywalker's gone missing and people think he's a myth. Right there, I have a problem with that because it's been 17 years. That's not long enough for that oh, to happen. Oh, no, I thought, I thought I read somewhere that it was actually 30 years since. 30, 30 years is still not that much. Sure. Yeah, to, I, I become, I, to become a myth. But then again, uh, it, what makes sense is, like, even in the older films, like, they established that the Jedi and the Force itself is kind of like this scoffed at religion that, like, nobody really believes in. Which is also kind of weird, considering that, like, not that long beforehand, we had the Jedi battling the Empire, or, uh, we had the Jedi battling the fucking clone army and being slaughtered in droves out in the open. Like, I don't understand why people, even in A New Hope, would have thought that they were myths. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's very valid. I just think that was probably lost to history or like since the Empire had taken over, they didn't want uh, its inhabitants to know about that information. So it was probably kept from them or deleted from the history books. That's possible. Um, But anyways, uh, so Luke Skywalker is missing. There's a new evil, basically the Empire that's risen called the First Order that's being led by this dude named Supreme Leader Snoke from the Shadows, and Kylo Ren is sort of the front man, and he's kind of like a Darth Vader-esque scary guy in a black mask. Um, Yeah, it's actually ridiculous how many comparisons can be drawn to, like, A New Hope, 
and this movie. And if you want to know every single one of those comparisons in detail, go listen to the episode of Life in Overdrive I recorded immediately after I watched the movie that addresses that exact thing. Oh, shit. I've yet to listen to that. So we don't have to go into detail with that, but I'll check that out ASAP. Yeah, that's the entire point of that episode. So. Dude, seriously, it, it's it's actually uncanny. It's it's ridiculous. Um, it's It's the same movie, the same way that Star Trek Into Darkness is Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. I, I don't know if you've seen both of those movies, Doug. I actually haven't. It's like, it's exact. I mean, J.J. Abrams directed Star Trek Into Darkness, so I think it's kind of, I, I don't want to say it's his thing, but like, it, it makes sense that it was redone in a similar fashion because he, he did both movies. But Star Trek Into Darkness is Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, the same way that The Force Awakens is A New Hope, but not really. It's different enough that it's new and interesting. Well, I just think it's interesting for him as a director. He played it so smart and safe that he he didn't really reinvent the wheel. He took an existing skeleton of like something successful and then like uh, added flourishes to it and was like, "Oh, how can I just make it a little better and tweaks and stuff?" Because it is basically a new hope, like to a T. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, what did you think of the movie before we dive into this whole big explanation? What was your opinion? Oh, man. So, overall, I just, it really made me feel like uh, a little kid again. I was just filled with, like, joy and excitement, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, it was just an amazing Star Wars film. Uh, realistically, it's, now it's, like, up there with, like, it's it's almost becoming my favorite Star Wars film yet, and I'm eager to see what else they're capable of providing us with the rest of the trilogy. But that being said, the that reason being because it's the most complicated character development scene yet, in my opinion. Like, and it's just in one movie. Uh, it's also impressive how they portrayed all of this in such like a small window of time, like two and a half hours, and they're capable of like really elaborating yeah, on the, a lot of it. It was very information dense. That's for sure. Yes. Um, I don't think we need to go through and hit plot point for plot point because oh, sure. I'm assuming that people that are listening to this have also seen the movie. Um, if you haven't, go watch the movie. Like, really, go watch the movie. It's fucking amazing. Yes. Um, so the the first thing that I want to address is one of the main complaints that I've heard about the movie is that uh, Ray is a Mary Sue. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. I've heard, it sounds familiar. A Mary Sue is a, uh, it doesn't have to be a female, but it's based on this character that was a female that was a, set, a satirical fan fiction Star Trek thing, but I'm not going to go into that. Anyways, <laughs> um, a Mary Sue is a character that is just so goddamn good at everything that they're not interesting and they're a bad character. I consider Superman a Mary Sue. If that makes sense. Actually, yeah, that I definitely stand would back that up. I think that the argument that Ray is a Mary Sue is horseshit. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that as well. Because I was going to say, I actually find her super interesting. It's just so happened she is uh, a Mary Sue, if you want to call her that, or just like super powerful because she has like. I think, I don't know, I don't really know what her history is, but I'm assuming she's the descendant of Luke or Leia obviously right well i feel like i mean people say this because she has so many skills like she can use the lightsaber without a whole lot of training she has all these piloting and scavenging skills and shit the the piloting and the scavenging ones like i'm pretty sure she just had to pick those up in order to survive, to survive. on jakku yes so that's fine that doesn't bother me at all um if you're irritated by how quickly she learns to use the force and the lightsaber, then you have to be irritated by how quickly Luke learns how to do the same thing, and people aren't bitching about that, so I don't understand that one. And it was also out of, like, necessity, almost, that, like, she was threatened, and, like, I think that's what almost awakened the force within her to, like, you know, like, that. Mm -hmm. there was this drive that made her uh, kind of hone in on her own abilities that she was initially unaware of. Mm-hmm. And... There was, like, some people just, uh, some people said that she has no flaws, no char character flaws. And I call horse shit on that also because she is waiting in a very hostile environment where she could be killed at just about any time or 
starved to death because she runs out of money and can't scavenge enough. She's And she's there because she's waiting for someone that in her heart she knows really isn't coming back. That's a huge character flaw. Yeah, I was going to say, the there's many opportunities where it seemed like she wanted to follow her dreams, and then she was like, wait, I have to go back to Jakku. And everyone's like, why? Right, exactly. And then, because she has, like, abandonment issues, because we're, we're just assuming that her parents left her there, that's what she assumes too, but she doesn't really know because she was so young. But she has these horrible abandonment issues because of that. And abandonment issues themselves aren't necessarily a character flaw, but she does some stupid shit because of it. Like, whenever she meets Finn, Finn is a complete stranger to her, but she grows so attached to him so quickly that mm-hmm. a couple hours later when he wants to leave and go his own way, she can't fucking handle that. That's a huge character flaw. Yeah, that's really good point. Like, So I, I completely reject the argument that she is a Mary Sue and has no character flaws. I just think that's wrong and people that are saying that just want to hate the movie for whatever reason they can think of to hate the movie i think a lot of people went into this and they had already decided they hated the movie before they saw it yeah i'm glad i went into it with an open mind because initially i was kind of uh nervous i was like oh disney's gonna fuck it up it's not gonna be violent it's gonna be this weird little thing but no it it was fucking brilliant it was really great um they they lived i don't know they did a good job yeah, I think so, too. Um, to fast forward a little bit, though, uh, once she gets off Jakku in the Millennium Falcon, by the way, because reasons. But, uh... <laughs> because reasons. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, in A New Hope, they leave the desert planet that they start out on on the Millennium Falcon. In The Force Awakens, they leave the desert planet that they start out on the Millennium Falcon. Like, yeah, it's, that... it's like shot for shot. I'm not even, like, you can't make this shit up. But so that's what I meant by he wasn't reinventing any wheels. He was just like, you know what? I want him to be like approved of. So let's just do the same thing. <laughs> in a new hope, the Millennium Falcon gets caught in a tractor beam and pulled on board Darth Vader's ship. Oh my god, that happens in and they hide in the fucking uh, smuggler's cargo hold that no one can find them in. They get and in the Force Awakens, they get caught in a tractor beam and pulled onto Han Solo's ship. They hide in what is probably the same smuggler's bay, and Han Solo immediately finds them because you gotta wake up pretty early in the morning to fool Han Solo with his own tricks. But <laughs> it's like shot for shot. It's ridiculous. Well, what was up with that too? I really thought uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca were accidentally gonna get poisoned with their own gas because like they never got around to actually releasing the gaseous fumes. I guess. I get, they they didn't have time because he found them so quickly. Yeah. But um so once they're on the ship with Han Solo, do you remember that scene where there's a standoff and Han and Chewie are in the middle and he's trying to talk down the two bands of criminals on either side of them? Yes. That really reminds me of the scene in A New Hope where he's sitting and talking to Greedo and trying to talk him down. Huh. And it like that's that's the whole scene that sprung that controversy of did Han shoot first or did Greedo shoot first? You remember that? Yes, definitely. I think this scene is the biggest missed opportunity in the entire movie because this was the best moment for Han to realize, you know what? I'm not gonna talk them down and for Han to actually shoot one of them first. That would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that would have been interesting. Well, it was. A, I don't know what the creatures were called, but they got released right at the right time. Yeah. What the uh, hell were those things? Narwhals or I don't fucking know. Narwhals, yes, they were horned whales. <laughs> um I don't I don't remember what the term for them was, but they had like they were just a writhing mass of tentacles and teeth. It was like every Japanese schoolgirl's worst fear. Oh Jesus, it's my worst fear. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, uh, by the way, uh hello, I'm Dusex Machina, nice to meet you. <laughs> I mean, it's not as deuce ex machina-y because it didn't come out of nowhere. It's more Chekhov's gun. Like, they set that up. They they were talking about how they were hauling those dangerous creatures. And have you ever heard of the Chekhov's gun uh, storytelling element principle? I'm not sure. It's, uh, I, it sounds vaguely familiar. It's essentially, uh, if there's a gun on the fireplace in the first act of the play, it better go off by the final act, and there better be a damn good reason for it going off. Oh, interesting. So it's it's essentially if if you're gonna have some sort of weapon 
that the character uses, whether it's an actual weapon or a metaphorical weapon, you have to set it up earlier in the story or it's just deus ex machina that comes out of nowhere and saves the day when it's hopeless. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. What's your opinion on BB-8? I fucking love BB-8. Yeah, he's pretty adorable. It's basically the new R2, which is sad to say, but true. When the Millennium Falcon does the barrel roll, and he rolls up that circular wall and (laughs) falls down, and then, like, shoots out the harpoons and suspends himself in the middle, that's... I I literally laughed that loud in theaters. That was good. Oh, it was so great. I fucking love that movie so much. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's so ridiculous, though, how much of a comparison can be drawn like how he had like basically uh what's his name poe puts like this piece into bb8 and is like you're he doesn't say like you're our last hope obi-wan but it's basically that that scene is the same scene when leia puts the chip into r2 and exactly she's about to be captured by the empire and poe's about to be captured by the first order so he puts the chip in bb8 and now we have a droid storing sensitive information that has to get to the main character like yeah, I was just uh, pretty amazed by whatever the actor is who played Poe, because I was, like, drawn into his character right away. I was, like, I was worried that he died, but I was, like, I know he's going to come back. And then when he did come back, he was, like, one of the coolest, most badass characters of the new generation. I love that interaction so much when Kylo Ren captures him, and he's just like, so, uh, which one of us talks first? Do I talk first? <laughs> Do you talk first? Exactly. That's what I mean. It spoke so much about his character, and it was excellent. And by the way, Kylo Ren did something I've never seen a Force user do in any of these movies. He stops a blaster shot in midair, and it's not even hard because he doesn't pay attention to it after that, and it stays suspended there while he has a conversation. That was actually amazing because I saw the movie in 3D, and that part of it was crazy because it was, like, coming out of the screen. Oh, yeah. Um, But that, uh, I guess my favorite character when it comes to like character development though is obviously finn like that uh, he's just so fucking like i it's it's cool to see him him go from like absolute uh coward well not coward because he was just actually just fearful for his own life and he's seen enough like fucked up shit and like watched his own friend die and all that but uh to see him go from that to then like actually caring about uh ray and like becoming brave and like that whole showdown with him and that one stormtrooper i actually think that was one of the people he trained with that calls him out that he's like traitor it was pretty cool but another missed opportunity because that should have been the silver stormtrooper no but it shouldn't because that the silver stormtrooper is a bitch and the the other dude <laughs> was like he's just so badass there's actually i saw like a thread about like comparing the silver bitch lady stormtrooper to the one who like has the whip around stun gun like or stun baton what the fuck was that thing it by was the way? basically a, a baton that had like electrical pulse that could basically take on a lightsaber there was a full-on baton versus lightsaber battle and i was actually stunned that it, it w- could stop a lightsaber yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, I love how they slowly built up Finn's character because, like, he's not a Jedi. He's not a Force user. So he shouldn't be able to use a lightsaber. And if he just picked up a lightsaber out of the blue and used it, you'd be like, that's bullshit. He can't do that. But whenever he's first in that ship with Poe escaping from the First Order, he starts using a gun that he's never used before. And he picks it up very quickly and becomes proficient with it. Then when he's on the Millennium Falcon, he does the same thing with the turret on the Millennium Falcon. And you start to get an idea that this guy just has an affinity for picking up how to use weapons really quickly. So when he does it a a third time with the lightsaber, then you're just like, yep, this guy's just a badass with weapons. Of course he can do that. Yeah, I just think that's his, like, stormtrooper background. You know what I mean? And also, they were saying, uh, I think it was, like, led into like or they they gave clues to the fact that he was one of the best stormtroopers in his like class like basically exceeding all tests and stuff but the only thing that was a negative thing about him was that he showed empathy for his teammates Mm -hmm. yeah i just i love everything about finn's character he's so well done me too uh but it's also there's like a huge explode uh or explosion of uh bromance memes between finn and (laughs) poe it's like insane how many people are like more obsessed with that than anything else they're like oh they're so cute together (laughs) well and then the second time he uses the lightsaber against kylo ren it just shows how badass he is because i didn't even expect him to touch him and he hurts him with it 
Oh yeah, he did nip him, and it was just that was just so brave of him, and like it just showed. Like I mean, anybody in that situation, it's like you're gonna die, so you have to do something. But he he put up a good fight. Yeah, and that whole scene when he first gets the lightsaber, where like there's a battle going on around him, and he looks at that chick, and he's like, "I need a weapon," and she goes, "You're you're holding one." It looks down. Yeah. And he's got the lightsaber in his hand, but he didn't. I, he thought it was just a piece of fucking metal. I laughed at that out loud in theaters too. I was like, "That's just fucking ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I just, I, I don't know. There, the movie is not without its faults, but it's definitely not as shitty as some people seem to think it is. Yeah, it, it was funny seeing Greg Grunberg in there. <laughs> I know. I immediately tweeted him after I got out of the movie, and I was like, just saw The Force Awakens. Nice fucking beard, dude. I know, dude. It's so cool that he was in that shit. That's just, uh, he, that's probably like the highlight of his career. He's so probably thrilled about it, and I, that's great. By the way, that scene where they're all standing around that hologram and stuff, first of all, I, lo- I love uh, Han Solo's reaction, because he says what everybody in the audience is thinking. He goes, so it's, it's just a bigger Death Star, so we just blow it up, right? Yep. <laughs> Exactly. And then and Leia's like, no, this is the Death Star. And a hologram of the Death Star comes up and she goes, this is the Starkiller base. And just a fucking sphere that's five times the size of the Death Star yep. pops up. And Han's just like, so we just blow it up, right? <laughs> yep. And of course, they, they actually knew the weakness because of Finn, coincidentally. Um, and that was even funnier because then they show up to the base where like they actually have to put bring the shields down and he's like so what do we do and finn's like i have no idea he's like the, the galaxy is depending on us and he's like and you don't know what we're doing oh man and in that scene they just have admiral akbar just fucking standing there well i don't think that's anything. him i think it was a descendant of akbar because i don't think at that point akbar is probably still with them he was pretty old in those films I don't know do that really, alien race, though. Do we I don't really know. know how old he was just from looking at him? Like, well, we the voice be- in general threw me off because I I would recognize if it was Akbar, I'd been like, "That's my boy." <laughs> I just whether that was Akbar or not, that character should have been like. It just had one throwaway line where it was just like, you know, guys, this is a really good plan, but I just want you to know it might be a trap. Oh, that would have been excellent. Oh, you're right. It would have been so nice. Um. Whenever they attack the Starkiller base, Han exhibits the most impressive feat of flying we've ever seen him do, where he, because they they learned from their Death Star problems, right? The first Death Star, they had the, by the way, none of this was their fault. They had the chute that the photon torpedo could be shot down. Uh, However, they had no reason to suspect it was an issue because you literally had to use the force to guide the photon torpedo down it. So... They learn from that mistake, they build a second Death Star while it's under construction. They put a shield around it. By the way, it doesn't have the flaw of the exhaust port that destroyed the first Death Star. Instead, it uses a bunch of smaller ones all over the place, and none of them lead to the central core. Um, and it has a shield around it on the moon of Endor while they're, while it's under construction. And it gets destroyed because fucking teddy bears. Um... <laughs> So then, they learn from that mistake, and they put the shield generator on Starkiller base, so it it's impregnable. And Han Solo's just like, well, the shield only stops shit that's going slower than light speed, so let's just enter in hyperspace and come out right above the ground, which is fucking crazy. That is absolutely absurd to even comprehend. And it's like, yeah, they they come out of light speed, and like, there's like a fucking wall right there. <laughs> I've, I've like, read, if, I've read a lot of science fiction, and no one has ever done anything that crazy that I can well, remember. And that's what I'm thinking. It literally comes down to like milliseconds or or even smaller measurements of time than that to like when he pulled out of light speed. Because, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That is out- that's just outrageous. <laughs> I love how Chewie just, like, growls at him and Han goes, I am pulling up! Oh, God. <laughs> um, Starkiller base makes no sense, by the way. Yeah, what do you mean by that, though? Well, riddle me this. You have a base that has to consume a sun in order to fire. Once it's fully charged, the sun is gone. You also have this same base where, uh... All of your uh, troops stationed on the base are 
on the external portion of the base under an atmosphere completely unprotected from space and the lack of a sun, which has to happen at some point when you're charging the base. Yeah, I definitely see what you mean. It'd be, it would be like, there's a lot in the Star Wars universe that doesn't actually match up the physics, obviously, like certain things like, I don't know, like the blasters and stuff, but I don't know. I see what you're saying, because yeah, in general, are you saying the star has to travel through the star killer base? Because like, yeah, imagine channeling the energy of a sun, like that would just like, I can't imagine any living well, that's, thing could that's be how the on base, the base. That's how the base charges. It consumes the star. Yeah, that's just that's a weird concept in and of so, itself. So if everybody is on the outside of it's like it's a planet. So if everybody is on the surface of your base and it's like a normal planet, well what would happen to Earth if the sun just vanished? Everyone would freeze to death. Also very let's quickly. Just, let's yes, definitely. I hear what you're saying. But let's also put this into consideration. So let's just imagine you and I went on a trip to the original Death Star before it blew up, and what are we gonna find? It'll be like Okay, it's literally the size of the moon, our moon, let's say. Um, uh, and, and you're literally in a spherical ship. So I'm assuming, like, you have, like, it'd be, like, elevator floors from, like, A to Z and then, like, zero to, like, thousands or something. And you'd have to, like, it, the way you'd com- compartmentalize an entire surface area of a moon and have, like, rooms and stuff within that... And then have the functionality of destroying planets and shit. Like, apparently in the 70s, like, they destroyed Alderaan, so they were capable of destroying a singular planet. Now we have something five times as big as that, and it's capable of blowing up multiple planets. They, they destroyed an entire star system. They just demolished the Republic, because they just, on a whim, they're like, From, yeah, from a what? great distance away, by the way. Like yeah. The, the Death Star had to be in orbit around the planet it blew up. No, yeah, these guys were just like, you know what, fuck these guys, they're never gonna see it coming, and then wipe out, like, planets worth of existence. It, it just, it just blows my mind. Now try compartmentalizing a structure five times even greater, like, it's pro- almost maybe, I don't even know, I can't even think of something to compare to, not Jupiter, because that's way too big, but, also, like, you know what I mean? how deep are the Empire's pockets that they can build three of these? How, <laughs> how many resources does that have to take to construct a base that huge... And then to make a bigger one, and then to make a bigger one. And think of this, and they're making the, using all these resources to make this structure that just deletes resources that they could be using. They're just destroying planets that they're just like, you know what, all that stuff that's on that planet, we don't want it, it's gone. It's mm-hmm. dust to us. But it's like, in reality, if you guys are trying to take over, you might want to not blow up the planets, well, that's it, all there really in is theory, in space. In theory, the Starkiller base would have only needed to fire twice and it would have won the war instantly because that first salvo takes out every remaining planet that the republic's bases are on so there's no more republic bases after that first shot the second shot was going to be aimed at every rebel base so if it fired the war was over right then uh so they wouldn't have even needed the star killer base anymore after that they would have just won so i understand the strategy with the star killer base I don't even know if it could move, because maybe they just build it around a sun that had enough energy to charge two shots, because that's what they figured they needed. Um, wow, that'd be super inefficient if they missed, or like, <laughs> they just, right? if, it can't, if it can't move, that is. But I don't know. Yeah, imagine that. How, like, I don't know, how could a planet be propelled through space? Like, at, like, at, like, like, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. It would need to, like, be in orbit or something. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how you would go. It would take a ridiculous amount of energy. I guess you just point the gun in the direction you don't want to go, and you fire it that way. I just think it's actually, like, absurd for them to claim, like, this one's five times bigger than the original Death Star, because probably the original Death Star was so goddamn big. It's like, like I'm saying, it's the size of a fucking moon. Like, if you go bigger than that, like... Yeah, well, the, the Starkiller constru- base was obviously so big that it had the gravity to keep an atmosphere around itself because the surface was like a planet's surface. So that's crazy. It was. It had to be comparable to a planet in size. It had to be. Yeah, that blows my mind. So, like, imagine being like in like the China sector or something, and you and I are over in PA, and it's like, hey, report to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's just insane. It's like, all right, I'll be there in a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah, like, without gotta... Star Trek beaming technology, how do you even do that? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, it's actually, like, not feasible how big they made these these objects. But regardless, same with, like, some of these ships, like the... Uh, God, why can't I think of what they were called? Star Destroyers. I thought that was actually really cool how some of, like, the destroyed... Uh, landed uh star destroyers were all dusty and people were like uh parting them out and shit like that's just really cool how that just like fleshes the world out yeah that was really neat especially like the scene where she repels inside the the booster cone on the back of one. Oh my god that was insane that was so cool because i didn't know what it was until she stepped outside yep you just like think she's in a cave or something and then she walks outside and it's like the back end of a star destroyer and then, yeah, there's actually, I think there's a scene where you see, like, a downed AT-AT walker just, like, in the dust, and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. No, that's where she's staying. That's where her little, that, that's that was right. her shack. That's right. That's just cool. But um, let's talk about a couple more characters before we wrap this up. I, I specifically want to talk about, uh, what the hell's his name? Snokes? Or Snope? S- Supreme Leader Snoke. It's like snake with an O. Okay, perfect. I, I, I'm i glad you cleared that up for me, because I really didn't know. But the first time I saw him, I didn't realize he was a hologram. Like, I thought he was that big. I'm like, what the fuck? I was <laughs> like, I was like, who is this guy, and what kind of alien is he that he's literally, like, is he, like, a god entity, and, like, he's on the the wrong side? Uh, but then it came to light that, no, that was just a hologram. So I'm eager to see how big he is in person. Get this. I think he's pretty big. But, um... I don't think his name is Snoke. I think that's what he's going by to the First Order. I think his Misa real Snoke. I think his <laughs> because every Sith has a Darth name, right? Yes, or I think yeah, definitely. I'm relatively sure he's Darth Plagueis. Ooh, do you know uh, who that is? Is that from like uh, following up like books or something? I never read any, but Pal- it's Palpatine's master. He mentions him in Episode. Three, maybe also in episode two, but whenever he's trying to sway Anakin to the dark side, Palpatine talks about how his former master was able to master even death itself, and if he felt if he came to the dark side, he could use that power to prevent Padme from dying, and he calls his master Darth Plagueis, and Palpatine seems to think that he killed him, but can you really kill someone who has mastered death itself? And if you look at the expanded universe artwork, like official books that Plagius shows up in, Darth Plagius looks exactly like Supreme Leader Snoke does in the movie. Hmm. Exactly. That's really interesting. I'm still I'm I I can't wait to see what the truth is as we move forward with this uh trilogy. So if you're right, that'll be interesting to look back on that and you'd be like, "Oh, I called it." But I'm just calling it right now. It's definitely just a deformed old version of Jar Jar Binks. It's definitely <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, just kidding. But um and then so now that we cleared that up, my last person I really want to talk about is obviously Kylo Ren. Um I was really impressed with how he came across as super evil and intimidating, but he also seemed like really just like weak and just like, uh, kind of like Kylo Ren has done so well. Yeah. But he was too emotional as a character. Like when things would go wrong, he just like would blast shit up. Like, sure. That's like his character and that's what they were going for. But I'm just thinking to myself, if I was his enemy, I would look at that as a giant weakness. I'd be like, wow, this guy's, doesn't have his shit together i can totally take him out do you remember the scene where he hasn't been unmasked yet and he just destroys the shit out of that control panel yes that's exactly what i was like referencing that's what i was looking at in my mind when i was whenever whenever we don't even like we don't even recognize him as human at that point he's just this evil entity that we're scared of because he he's an unknown at this point and he's given bad news, and we expect him to go Darth Vader and just force choke the shit out of this guy, and instead he turns around and rages out on that control console, and in that moment, he was so fucking terrifying. And then, if you yeah. look back on that moment after he's been unmasked, and we learn more about his character, you realize he wasn't being terrifying, he was just throwing a fucking temper tantrum. Exactly. No, that's why I look at it as weakness. It's just like, he isn't mature enough and can't handle his shit. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, um, I just, I, I love how 
Kylo Ren is handled. I guess we should point out that Kylo Ren is Han Solo's son. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, take on things. Uh, once that came to light, it kind of made sense. And it also came to light that Luke was his trainer and that it backfired on him, which kind of confuses me because it's like, God damn it, Luke. You had one job. Right? <laughs> I. So Luke's response to Kylo Ren falling was to disappear, right? Uh, because he felt responsible. That's the reason that we're given. And we have some inkling that he's searching for the first Jedi Temple. I think probably so that he can gain more knowledge. Because he was never, like, formally trained. He probably wants to figure out how to do this. And how to restore the Jedi Order to what it was. Um, but I think I think Luke fucked up here. Because the right, the right action is clearly to kill him when he falls. Yeah, to definitely follow like, up and fix your mistake. And like not just, like, give up. You're the most powerful Force user that you know of right now. You're certainly more powerful than this kid who fell. And even though he's the kid of one of your best friends, you know that he is the grandson of the strongest Force user the galaxy has ever known. And you can't let that person get away alive once he's fallen. You just can't do that. No, definitely not. And also, before we make uh, do the blame game and uh, blame it on Luke, I think the real people to blame is Han and Leia for, A, having this kid and then, like, basically not raising him apparently i guess that's what his problem is he has a bunch of daddy issues and i don't really know the full backstory of why kylo ren is like an emo like asshole and why he went to the dark side but it seems like he was being raised by luke probably not to his own will and it sounds like the backstory between han and leia is they didn't really work out relationship wise so leia went to continue to lead rebellions and han went back to smuggling it's like no one can handle their fucking problems in this universe. I know, so then they're just like, uh, well, this, uh, we had a kid and he's probably a Jedi. Luke, you take care of him. And then <laughs> Luke does a bad job because this kid probably just wants his parents and doesn't have them. So, um, I just linked you an image in Skype. That's official artwork from a book that Darth Plagius shows up in. Oh, I've seen that image, yes. Okay. That's clearly Snoke, right? Yeah, it looks just like him. Yeah, so, I mean, that that can't be an accident. I refuse to believe it's an accident. Um, Rey is clearly either Luke's daughter or Han's daughter, and therefore Kylo's cousin or sister. Exactly. Um, I say this based on two things. One, the lightsaber calls to her. Um, and two, she looks exactly like fucking Padme. Like, exactly. Yes, and not to mention her mind is a fucking steel trap when he, he uh kylo has her in custody and he's trying to interrogate her with the force and like p like penetrate into her mind and like try to like learn the location of the droid or whatever was going on at that point he just couldn't get further and he was getting so frustrated and then she ended up reversing it on him and finding out what he's the most afraid of which is that he's never going to be as strong as darth vader and he was just like basically shitting his mm -hmm. pants um a couple random thoughts that I had during this movie. Uh, number one, when Kylo's talking to Darth Vader's helmet, and he's like, help me, help me resist the call of the light. In the back of my mind, I'm just like, there's no way you don't know that Darth Vader turned to the light. Like, yeah, that's that doesn't make any Luke, sense. Luke had to have told them about, but th this is... We're under the impression that Darth Vader was actually killed at the end of episode uh, six. I, I, I'm really not sure if they're going to like maybe do some kind of flashback thing in any of the movies moving forward to explain if he did just like have any other role or if that was just the end of him. Because if it was the end of him, then that makes the most sense. And yet there was he turned to the light and well, he, he absolutely died because they burned his body on. Uh, Endor. Oh, yeah. And oh, then Luke, Luke right. sees a force ghost of him, which they can only do after they're dead. Duh, you're absolutely right. That that sealed that. I just forgot about that entirely. Um, so yeah, then what the hell? I he did turn to light, and I think that's what I mean. So that's I was actually really concerned too because the way Leia and Han set it up to like bring our son home, like there's a chance that like it's still early and he might just like there's some good in him. And then the most controversial thing about the whole movie happens: the confrontation between Han and his son. 
And me going into it, it, it was so predictable. I'm like, and not to mention going like me watching this all unfold before my eyes, be in the back of my mind, being like, "Wow, everything's so comparable to uh, episode four. Here comes this moment where I'm like, "This is just going to be like Obi Wan dying." I know this is just about to happen, and in the back of his mind, as he's approaching his son, he has to know that it's like the end of my life is most likely this moment right here. And if he didn't know that, and he was actually surprised by what happened, then shame on him, dude. Like I feel like I would have made sure all my dues were paid as I approached him because I would I wouldn't trust him as far as I could fucking spit. Mm -hmm. Now here's my theory about Kylo Ren. I think, and this may not be the way that they go, but it's certainly got the uh, roots planted for this to be what they do. What if Kylo Ren is secretly working for the Rebels? It makes the scene where he's talking to Vader's helmet make sense, because what if he's just trying to convince Snoke that he's fallen so that he can get close to him and assassinate him? If he's telling Vader, knowing full well that Vader turned to the light to help him resist the light, Maybe he thinks he needs to do that so that Snoke can't sense the light in him. Wow, well, if he's just doing this as, like, a long, played-out ruse and he kills his own dad in order to do it, then, wow, he's really dedicated. He's because... really he's really committed. I yeah, don't, I don't like think... that as an answer because it causes so many problems, but it, it really is a does. possible avenue they could take it. I think, yeah, they could take it where eventually he's going to turn and be a good guy in the end and do something like that, like assassinate him, but I don't think it's going to be, like, all along. I'm not really sure, though. If if they do, that causes so many plot holes, it would be so hard to write around. Um, another thing that I thought was whenever uh, Ray found the lightsaber and had it handed to her, like, in my mind, I'm just like, that lightsaber has killed so many children. So many children. Oh, God, yeah. Because it's, it's Luke's saber, but it's also Anakin's saber. Oh, God, and yeah. And saber, er, saber, yeah. Anakin took that, and he murdered all those children in the Jedi Temple when he fell. Yep, that is a hell of a history. Yeah. Um, but, man, that scene where Kylo kills Han Solo, like, someone in the theater behind me literally booed the screen and went, how can you kill off Han Solo? What the fuck is wrong with you? Wow. I didn't have a reaction like that, obviously, because it was a small audience. But I, I I, saw it coming so much that it didn't even shock me. I was just like, this is like, duh. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a risk, but it was a really good decision. Because A, it solidifies Kylo Ren as a villain, right? And that, like, there's not much else he could have done to make us hate him more than that. Exactly. Kill off one of our favorite characters. Fuck that. Two. Two. And this is why Game of Thrones is so good. I may have said A. So A and two. Yep. Uh, but uh, this is why Game of Thrones is so good. Sometimes characters you like have to die. This is a movie about war. And if everyone that you like and is cool survives, you don't want a good story. You just want to see the characters that you like kick a bunch of ass. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you. And I also just think... It was just, I don't know, they need, like, those big, memorable drama moments in, like, blockbuster films like this. So they're like, you know what we're going to do? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the reason I lean more towards Rey being Luke's daughter than Han and Leia's is because if the next movie is going to parallel The Empire Strikes Back the same way this one paralleled A New Hope, someone has to say, I am your father, and it makes sense for it to be Luke. Oh, God, no. You want to know what would be really creepy? It's Luke and Leia's kid. <laughs> that, would be, that would be really strange and creepy. Yeah, and that's, that might explain why Han left that mix. He's like, you know what? This is too weird for me. Well, Han definitely knows who she is, right? Because he has that... I can never remember that chick's name. What is, what is that the, the short, orange-yellow alien's With the, name? The weird little goggles. Yeah, I don't know her name either. Uh, but anyways, whenever Finn tries to leave while they're all having a conversation at, at the table, uh, Ray gets up to go and chase after him, and she turns to Han and goes, So, who's the girl? And the camera cuts away. And we never get the answer to that question. And... Han isn't a guy that makes connections very easily. He's He really doesn't give that much of a shit about people other than himself and his very close circle, Leia, Luke, and Chewie. So 
it's very strange for him to take a liking to Rey just because she happens to be a good pilot. That's weird. That's not in Han's character. So he You're has right. to know who she is. Yeah, it definitely, I think she might be a descendant of his, potentially. I mean, that I think that reaction also makes sense if he knows that she's Luke's daughter. Yeah, true. Because yeah, Lu- Luke way. is Luke is one of his best friends. I think she has to be Luke's daughter just because of how strong she is with the Force. But then again, like it's like Leia's DNA as well. I don't know. Right, that's the same line. She's in, whether she's Leia's daughter or Luke's daughter, Anakin's still her grandfather, and Anakin yeah. was the chosen one. Any descendant of Anakin's is going to be a very powerful Force user. Yeah, including Kylo Ren. Uh, speaking of him, though, I do have to say, my favorite thing about... Uh, finally seeing this movie and knowing all about it. Like I didn't know who Kylo Ren was. And now that I've uh, done a little research, there's this Twitter account called emo Kylo Ren. Oh my God. I love this Twitter account. Yes, It's at Kylo Ren, but a uh, three instead of an E and oh my God, it is so fucking funny. It's already got 503,000 followers and all he's following is hot topic and Darth Vader. So I just, before we started recording, I responded to one of this account's tweets, and like a shit ton of people have already liked it. It was, here, let me find it real quick. Oh, great. There we go. Okay, so his tweet was, I told my dad he should get me my license since I share DNA with the best star pilot in the galaxy. He was touched, but I meant Darth Vader. <laughs> and <That's> I, a- <laughs> I responded and I said, I'm sorry, did he make the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs? I don't think so. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Stupid emo Kylo Ren. Um, He had a tweet like three days ago that was just like, you know how you put actions in asterisks? Yeah. Uh, He had a tweet and it was just entirely in ast- asterisks and it was force slams door shut. <laughs> I lost my shit. Yeah, dude, he's, uh, it's definitely a Twitter account to follow if you don't already. It's just fucking hilarity for sure. I want to know who's doing that. I want to know so badly. I just hope he's literally a real person, like actual Kylo Ren up in Star Wars <laughs> days. <laughs> Approaches you at a party, clears throat. Has anyone ever told you your eyes are the color of Darth Vader's helmet glinting in the moonlight? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's one of my favorites. He's, it's like a quote, you are what you love, not who loves you. I'm Darth Vader. <laughs> oh my God. But anyway, I think that's a good uh, place to wrap things up. Do you have any like final statements or like opinions uh, before we do plugs? Um, I have a prediction about the next movie. Ooh, nice. Since Snoke says uh, to one of... I forget who he says it to. It was like a random stormtrooper, that fucking commander dude that Emo Kylo Ren always talks about. What the hell's his name? Oh, I know exactly who you mean. Uh, I don't... I actually never picked his name up. What is his name? Is he a ginger? He looks weird. Hux. Hux. I think Snoke says this to Hux at the end. But it's, um, he tells him to bring Kylo to him so that he can complete his training. Which makes sense because Kylo is really rough around the edges. It sure seems that, yeah, especially after a lightsaber battle that he lost to fucking Rey. That was Mm -hmm. the highlight of the movie. That was so cool. But the unfortunate thing, how fortunate for him that a giant, like, uh crevice opens up in the earth and it separates them like i was literally thinking to myself like fucking kill him right (laughs) Right? now and then they just got separated to the point where it's like well i better just run away but so i think we're gonna see a parallel at the start of this next movie where we keep jumping back and forth and see side by side snoke training kylo ren in the ways of the dark side and luke training ray in the ways of the light side and it'll be a really cool parallel i sure hope so i definitely think that'll be and there's definitely going to be some more uh, big battles between the Rebel Alliance and the First Order. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I also want to uh, I also want to address the fact that like people bitch about the crossguard lightsaber and how <clears throat> how ineffective the crossguard pieces would be in combat because they have the metal prongs sticking out, so if the blade slid down, it would actually chop them off and shit. It's not actually a crossguard. If you look at the beam. You see how, like, it's not as stable as most lightsabers? It's kind of, like, swirly and shit? I guess. I actually, I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I didn't, I, it seemed like a crossguard to me, or, like, I forget, well, yeah. The, the, the actual energy blade itself isn't as stable. It's, like, flickery and wavy and stuff. 
That's because the design of his lightsaber isn't very energy efficient, and, like, the Sith have to construct their own lightsabers under their master's tutelage and whatever. So because it wasn't very energy efficient, it needed exhaust ports for the excess energy. That's what those are. It's not a cross Whoa, guard. Oh, okay. That that makes me so much happier. If that's the actual like like if that's canon, then that makes me That's way... canon. That is okay, absolutely that's... canon. Okay, that's great because I was kind of the person that went into it being like that's gay as shit. If that's a cross card cuz it doesn't make sense. And also, it was interesting at one point obviously it was like showcased when Finn's getting like stabbed in the shoulder and it's really hot. Like I felt bad for him, but I was also thinking like and and it doesn't make sense, but no, okay, that that's a fair and reasonable uh, explanation for that. But I also think the exhaust of that energy could stop a blade. I think you could just have the exhaust go out the back end and wield it like Darth Maul, because he's not a stupid, whiny teenage bastard. Yeah, honestly, uh, when they introduced the double-sided lightsaber, it's like game over. Like, that is the weapon of choice for me. Like, fucking bow staff, but like double-sided fucking lightsaber, that's so cool. I know. Ah, uh, Darth Maul should not have lost that fight to Obi-Wan. Oh, no, but it was badass. Ugh. <laughs> all right, that's that's about all I've got. All right, cool. Um, Let's do some quick plugs, and we'll wrap this episode up. Plugs, uh, where can, yes. Where can listeners find you? Uh, so my Twitter is at notanotherkier. Kier spelled K-I-E-R, because that's not intuitive. Uh, my podcast Twitter is at Life in Overdrive. You can check out Life in Overdrive on iTunes, and I can never remember how the Pinecast site is structured. Where does... <laughs> Just almostbetter.net is a good place to find yeah. it, too. Go to almostbetter.net, and if you click the drop-down arrow for podcasts, there will be a link to Life in Overdrive, which will take you to its site. Definitely. Um, and as for us, uh, give us our uh, Facebook or Twitter a follow. That help us out. Our handle is ABT Silence. I'm currently streaming every Tuesday and Thursday at Twitch uh, at TV um, at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time at ABT Silence also. And half and the time I'm streaming with him. So you'll get to hear my lovely, lovely voice swearing exactly. at people in Rocket League, probably. Ooh, and here's a some news for you guys uh thanks for listening to this by the way but i wanted to let you guys know we're also going to do like a, a new twitch stream kind of show for you guys i don't want to go too much into it but look f- uh, forward to like maybe every sunday we're going to do like an offshoot D thing i'll give you more information uh when we have another episode with more of the guys yes but and it- my character is obviously going to be the coolest <laughs> it's going to be really interesting guys but uh thanks for tuning in and we will see you next week peace out